We're in Romans chapter 12. Remember a month ago, we introduced this series and we focused on abiding in mercy, the mercies of God. I want to encourage you to be reading through Romans a little bit as we go through this. There is so much in Romans that will help you understand more about Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so I want to encourage you to spend some time reading Romans. I think it will supplement what we're doing here and will encourage you with the content you're going to find and we're going to walk through together in Romans 12. So let's look at just Romans 12, 1. We're going to read that together and we're going to jump into tonight's topic of abiding as a sacrifice. So we began with abiding in mercy. All right, so let's read this together. Therefore, I encourage you, brothers, because of the mercy of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God, which is your, and then there's a word here that the English is going to translate either spiritual or reasonable. That's most of your translations there. So that is your spiritual or reasonable sacrifice or worship or service. So that that phrase, which is your spiritual service or your reasonable act of service or worship, should be understood to say, you should present yourself because of the mercies of God, your whole bodies as a sacrifice, as living, holy, acceptable. And then here's what, it's supposed to, what you're supposed to understand by this phrase. Because this is the only thing that makes sense. That, that's what you're supposed to understand when you hear it because this is your reasonable or your spiritual worship or service. This is the only thing that makes sense. You should offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, because of the mercies of God. And, and this is the only thing that makes sense. Nothing else makes sense when you see the mercies of God. If someone were to come to me and say, hey, I would like to, I'd like to really do something for you that I know you'd enjoy, and so what I plan to do <clears throat> is buy season tickets to either your favorite college team or your favorite pro football team. And I want to buy season tickets for you and your family. And that's what I'd like to do for you. Now, if somebody came up to me and said that to me, at that point, in view of what they did, the only thing that would make sense was, is to take what he's giving. All right? Be the same thing as if somebody came up to me and said, you've got three children. I know this can be expensive. Take care of their college. What I'd like to do is like take care of all your kids' college tuition. At that moment when somebody offers that to me, the only reasonable thing to do at that moment is to receive that gift. Okay? So the picture here is that in light of the mercies of God, because of the mercies of God, you should offer everything that you are to God as a living, holy sacrifice because absolutely nothing else makes sense. Nothing else makes sense. I remember last year, there's a story of a few college 
football players after their freshman year. They had all conference honors and they went out and they, they got busted for armed robbery. And I thought, man, what, what, what a sad story this is. These guys were not only all conference as freshmen, but they were certainly going to head to the NFL. They were incredible players their freshman year. They go out and they rob somebody at gunpoint. They blew everything. They ended up in jail. I mean, they just lost it all. And I thought to myself, that is the saddest story. They had everything going for them. They had nothing to lose. They had everything to gain. And they threw it all away for something so stupid. The reality is that there is nothing more foolish, nothing more sad, nothing more fleeting, in vain than seeing who God is and what God has done in Jesus Christ and not doing what makes the most sense. There's nothing more costly, nothing more disappointing, and nothing that is more of a travesty than seeing the mercies of God and not doing what makes the most sense. And what the scripture is telling us right here is that offering our lives as a living, holy, pleasing sacrifice is the only thing that makes sense in light of what God has done. The only thing. I want you to think with me about sacrifices, the concept and the biblical practice of sacrifices before Jesus Christ came as the once and for all sacrifice. Before Jesus Christ came, sacrifices that were pleasing to God were sacrifices that were dead. And so for Paul to say here, offer yourself as a living sacrifice would be somewhat of a shock to the system of a person that is normally used to offering sacrifices to God that are pleasing to God that are dead. They would regularly slaughter animals and shed their blood and put their carcasses on the altar and offer those dead animals to God. And God would say, those animals, because you killed them and shed their blood, are now pleasing to me. They were dead, and therefore they're pleasing. And now God is saying, I want you to offer yourself a living sacrifice. That would have blown their minds. And then he says, I want holy and pleasing sacrifice. And you think about the Old Testament sacrifices, God puts a premium on unblemished sacrifices. This concept would not be hard for them to to get at all. The concept of living would be much more difficult than the concept of unblemished, except for the fact that every single person that's hearing this knows that their life is not unblemished. So, So you had a problem on two accounts. What does this mean to say living sacrifice? And what does this mean to say unblemished, holy, and pleasing when I know I'm blemished? In fact, I want you to, I want you to read with me a passage out of Malachi. So turn to the book of Malachi in the Old Testament, the book right before Matthew. And let's look in chapter 1 because I just want to give us a taste of the concept that the Old Testament system of sacrifices was creating in terms of an unblemished sacrifice. So let's read together Malachi chapter 1, starting in verse 6. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? 
If I'm a master, where is my respect, says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests, who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? You're presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, how have we defiled you? In that you say, the table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? But now will you not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us with such an offering on your part? Will he receive any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from you. For from the rising of the sun even to its setting, my name will be great among the nations and in every place incense is going to be offered to my name and a grain offering that is pure. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you are profaning it in that you say the table of the Lord is defiled and as for its fruit, its food is to be despised. You also say, my, how tiresome it is. And you disdainfully sniff at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring what was taken by robbery and what is lame or sick. So you bring the offering. Should I receive that from your hand, says the Lord. But cursed be the swindler who has a male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am Great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is feared among the nations. He's saying to his people, do you recognize who I am? The entire world, every created thing will one day give me glory. And I've selected you out of all the people of the earth to be able to worship me personally. And you come to me and you offer me sacrifices not even your governor would receive. I am the great God who deserves all glory and you're giving me something that's not even good. You wouldn't even want it in your own flock if you get rid of it and the easiest way for you to get rid of it is to offer it to me. He says, I'd rather you shut the doors to the temple and not even come close to me in my presence than to come in there and think that I would be pleased with anything less than 100% pure and perfect sacrifice. See, God is serious about unblemished sacrifices. And in the Old Testament system of sacrifices, you knew that the only thing that God would find acceptable is an animal that you slew and shed its blood and then an animal that was unblemished that you offered to him because he's worthy of everything being holy. And then Jesus changed everything. When Jesus came, he changed everything because he came as the once and for all sacrifice for sin. An offering for sin once and for all so that never again would an animal need to be offered on the altar before God for the sins of his people. There are three kinds of worship described in the book of Romans. Three kinds of offerings. The first kind of offering that's described in the book of Romans is the offering of idolatry, Romans chapter 1. 
where God's creation, us, decides to exalt created things over the creator and we choose to offer ourselves in idolatry by worshiping everything and anything but God. And that severed everything. The second kind of offering you see in Romans is the offering of Jesus Christ for the sin of our idolatry. So Jesus Christ comes and he offers himself for the sins of our idolatry so that now there can be a different kind of sacrifice offered. Romans chapter 12, you and me. Because Jesus Christ came and offered himself once and for all for sin, now we are invited to offer ourselves as sacrifices, not for sin. No, that's been done so that now we can offer all of who we are, just who we are, as we are, as a sacrifice to God, not for sin, but for the praise of the glory of God because he rescued us out of our idolatry and sin. And so our offerings are offerings of thanksgiving and praise to the glory of God because he rescued us from the sin of our idolatry. Because Jesus Christ offered himself, we now can offer ourselves as praise offering to Lord because our sin has been paid for. And here's what that means for you and me. We can legitimately and realistically and continually offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Here's what's happened. Romans paints a picture of us as dead in our sin before Christ. Christ comes, he pays the penalty for our sin, offers himself as a sacrifice for our sin. When we place our faith in Christ, he takes us who are dead in our sin and he makes us alive through his offering so that now we are alive not Because we are living, we are alive because Jesus Christ overcame sin and death and has given us life in the place of our death. If if we try to offer ourselves to God before Christ in any way, shape, or form, we're offering something that's dead and sinful and therefore unacceptable, not holy or pleasing. But through Jesus Christ's one offering, we can now offer ourselves as those once dead who have now been made alive by Christ, who are then offering themselves alive, ready to give themselves in their living for the glory and praise of God because of the offering of Jesus Christ. We get to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. We get to offer ourselves as a holy sacrifice. Romans also teaches that it is by Jesus' offering that we through faith have been justified and given righteousness that belongs to Christ. So that now we who are blemished can actually come before God and give him our living life because of Christ and the life that we have in Christ is now a life made righteous by Christ so that what we're offering to him is not the blemishes that we bring but the righteousness that Christ has given us in the place of the guilt of our blemishes. So so you and I, when we come to Christ just the way we are, as we are right now, and we say, I want to offer my life to you, Alive from the dead because of Christ dying for me and rising from the dead. 
holy, not because I have been good enough or done enough right things, but because Jesus Christ has given me his righteousness that I may offer my life to you and it now be holy in your sight. And because we are alive in Christ, because we are holy in Christ's righteousness, the offering that we present is pleasing to God. God is never again going to be happy with an animal sacrifice. Frankly, he's not happy with anything else but us. What pleases God in sacrifice now because of what Christ has done is you and me offering ourselves to him just the way we are, just how we are, on the basis of Christ's offering for our sin. Just coming to him in view of his mercies and recognizing that because of the mercies of God displayed through the offering of Christ for my sin, I can give him my life just the way it is right now, all that I am. And he says, this is the kind of sacrifice that gives me glory. Because when people look at you as a sacrifice for me, they see Christ. They don't see how good you are. They see how much you need Jesus. They don't see how you've got it together. They see how much you've been forgiven. They don't see your strength at play. They see my strength at play through you because the presence of my Holy Spirit resides in you. When you give your life as a sacrifice to me, it brings glory to me because it makes much of Christ, not you. In view of God's mercies, nothing else makes sense. But to give ourselves give all of who we are, everything, as a sacrifice. Because of Jesus Christ, we are not blemished. But that does not mean we are incapable of blemishing the sacrifice. Do do you know the way we can blemish the sacrifice? See, Jesus Christ has paid an offering for us and he has purchased us, all of who we are, by his blood. And we belong to him. We are now slaves to God, slaves to righteousness, and that is the most freedom we could ever imagine. And with that freedom, we can offer ourselves as sacrifices that are holy and pleasing and living to the Lord. And he finds pleasure in that because it gives glory to his name through Christ. We can give him unblemished sacrifices, everything that we are. And the only way that we can blemish the sacrifice we are to be is if we act like part of us was not purchased by the blood of Christ. This is how you blemish the sacrifice. You don't offer all that you are. You just offer a piece of who you are. You just offer part of what you think and part of what you hope for and part of what you own and part of what you do. You just offer pieces of your life. You just give him portions of who you are and then you make a blemish of the sacrifice because God purchased you with the blood of Christ so that you may offer all of you to him in worship to him. And if you're gonna offer an unblemished sacrifice, it needs to be all of you, all of you. When I came here years ago to be the pastor, I'll, uh, I remember a conversation I had with my dad. 
And he told me, basically he said, I'm, I'm not real excited about the prospect of you being a pastor in a church. Why not, Dad? Well, because I know what that could mean for you and your family. I've been around the church most of my life, and I've seen many pastors go through a lot of difficult things. And I'm not excited about that for you. I'm not excited about that for your family. And in honesty, I'm a little scared, and I'm, I'm praying, you know, that the Lord would take care of you. And he was really bothered by that. But he told me a story. And this is how he was able to accept that this was God's will for my life. He told me a story about when he was in church, when he was a young man, shortly after he and my mom had adopted me. He was in the church service and the pastor was preaching and my dad says he can't remember exactly what the pastor was preaching, which is real comforting to me. And, uh, but he said the Lord really spoke to him in that moment through what the pastor was saying. And he felt like that the Lord was calling him in that moment to go down to the front of the church at the altar and kneel before the Lord and say to the Lord, Lord, this child that you have given us, we give to you. And he said, the Lord just pressed upon my heart that I cannot treat you like I own you. I have to treat you like you're a part of my sacrifice to the Lord, that you belong to him, not me. And he told me that's why, even though I'm not necessarily happy about what God is doing, I will embrace it. Because I decided a long time ago that I'd put my life and everything that belonged to me on the altar. Everything. In light of God's mercies, that God saw fit to love you, to forgive you, to rescue you, to sacrifice Jesus Christ for your salvation. In light of God's mercies, Nothing else makes sense but to give all of you as a sacrifice to the Lord. That's not easy. We, we got a lot of stuff, right? And, and, and the Lord's saying, look, in light of my mercies, what is it that you have that's not worth giving to me? letting me take control of? What is it that you have that you can't trust me with if I've demonstrated my trustworthiness in giving my son for you? What dream do you have you're afraid of giving to me and saying that I trust you with the dreams of my life? What hope and aspiration are you afraid of not giving into my hands because I have freely given you all things in Christ? What is it about your future that scares you that you think I might do to you by taking you somewhere in the world you might not want to go in that moment? Do you understand what I've done for you in Christ? If you do, then you ought to be able to give me everything in complete trust because because I've demonstrated to you I'm trustworthy and I made you and I created you. I'm the only one that has the map for your life and I'm worthy of your life. Trust me with everything. 
You're about to go to school and have a major. You're about to have a career. You're about to have a family. Don't think for one second that you can do all of that and get okay with it if you don't give it all to Christ and trust Him to lead you. Trust Him to do with you what He wills to do with you. His plans for you are perfect. And oftentimes His plans for us are not the plans we have for ourselves. And we need to make sure that we're laying down everything we are, everything we hope for, everything we own, Every child the Lord gives us, we lay it down on the altar and we say, it's yours, I'm yours, everything belongs to you. I want to live my life holy, acceptable, pleasing because of Christ as the reasonable thing to do. Nothing else makes more sense than this. Your job, your house, your children, everything. When's the last time that you got before the Lord on your knees and you said to the Lord about all the things you hold precious and all the dreams you think are important and all the aspirations you believe will be fulfilling? When's the last time you took it all and you just laid it before the Lord and said, in light of how much you have loved me in Christ, I want to give all that I am and all that I hope to be to you as a sacrifice. I'm yours. Wherever I need to go, whatever I need to do, whoever I need to be, wherever you want to take my children, whatever you want to do with them for the rest of their lives, however long you want me to have them on this earth, however long you want me to be on this earth, however long you want my spouse and I to be together in this journey, I give it all to you. I trust you and I lay down everything as a sacrifice. When's the last time you did that? Take a look at the mercies of God tonight. That river of God's mercy that'll just sweep you away and you can't stop it. It just takes you away into his forgiveness and his grace and showers you with the righteousness of Christ and sets you in in right harmony with God. That grace and mercy of God that changes who you are from the inside out. If you just take a look at the mercy of God, you will see once again that he is so worth everything you are and you can give it to him because you can trust him. I'm just like you. I want to know what's going to be happening in the future. I, know, I want to know what I'm supposed to be doing in five years. I want to know what my kids are going to be doing. I want to know who they're going to marry. I want to know what they're going to be like. I want to know all of these things. But what matters more than all of those things is giving our lives, everything we are, as a sacrifice to God because that's the only thing that makes sense in light of his mercies. I want you to read with me um, Lamentations chapter 3. So flip over to Lamentations. It's right after Jeremiah in the Old Testament. In Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 says the Lord's mercy or the Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease his compassions or his mercies never fail they are new every morning great is your faithfulness the Lord is my portion says my soul therefore I have hope in him. Do you know what it means that the Lord's loving kindness never ceases and his compassions never fail? You know what that means? 
that through Jesus Christ, the mercies and the loving kindness of God has been extended to us so that we will not die in our sin. So when I wake up in the morning, guess what? I will, I will wake up in the morning and today I will have logged several sins in my life against God. Can't escape it. There are going to be things in my life every day that I do that are not pleasing to the holiness of God. When I wake up in the morning, guess what I'm going to find? Meet me in my first breath and waking eye. The mercies of God. And I will not die in my sins. But instead, I will find that I am as alive as ever because of the death of Christ as an offering for my sin. And every single morning I wake up, the mercies of God are just as new as my most recent sin. Here's what that means. That every single day when I wake up, the new mercies of God meet me so that I might respond to those mercies with a new sacrifice a new offering of all I am. Because today's life is not the same as tomorrow's life and the next day's life and the next day's life. I mean, when my kids were little and they were still living in my house, offering my children to the Lord is a lot easier than seeing my kids leave my house and not come back for nine months at a time. I'm told that offering your grandchildren as a sacrifice to the Lord is very difficult. Trusting the Lord with them. I mean, every day is different and life changes. It's in constant flux and we're constantly needing the new mercies of God. And when the new mercies of God appear every morning in our lives, it is a call for us to then offer ourselves as a sacrifice again. You see, the concept here that's presented in Romans is not a one-time experience. I get on the altar, I lay myself down as a sacrifice, I get off the altar and go about my life. No, the concept in Romans is you are now doing your whole whole life on the altar so that every day in every moment in every circumstance you're laying yourself on the altar again and again and again so that you're abiding as a sacrifice and if you will live that way because of the mercies of God do you know you'll see a pattern in your life develop of repentance as opposed to leaving sins in your life unchecked. See, the characteristic of a life that does not get on the altar every day in view of the mercies of God is that sins just go unchecked in your life for periods of time. But if you're getting on the altar again every single day in view of the mercies of God, one of the things the Lord is going to do for you is bring about the gracious work of conforming you to the image of Christ. Therefore, you will see an increasing pattern of repentance developing in your life with a decreasing pattern of unchecked sin. I'll never forget one Christmas, Lindley and I received a gift from my mother. It was the saddest Christmas present I've ever received. It was a Christmas present of one setting of silver. So Lindley had chosen a particular silver when we got married, and the choice that she made happened to be the same choice my mom had made when she got married, and the same choice that my grandmother had made when she got married. And so Lindley was really excited about that because that meant that someday she would have a full, complete set of silver. I don't know why that's important, but it was, and it was a good thing. And so 
um, this Christmas, she gets a set of silver from my mom. and She was very excited about it. She thought, this is the first of many sets of silver. It's beginning. And then my mom proceeded to tell us this is the only set of silver she had. And she said she was sorry because she had sold every other set she owned because she needed the money to pay for her addiction to crack cocaine. I'll never forget that moment and how sad it was because every time I see that silver, I think about the fact that my mom didn't make a decision one day just to go out and try cocaine. She made a series of decisions, just little bitty decisions of keeping a little piece of who she was off the altar. A series, a pattern of unchecked sin. Students, if you have a pattern of unchecked sin in your life, the rest of us, if we have a pattern of unchecked sin in our life and we think for one second that that will not destroy us, we've already become like my mom. But if we will offer all of who we are, everything, regularly, every day, in light of the mercies of God, we will see a pattern of repentance developing in our lives that will bring about the effects of grace. In other words, we will see in our lives an incredible effort of living as a sacrifice for the glory of God. Not because we're out to earn God's favor, but because we recognize more than ever before that we've already received God's favor in the offering of Jesus and I get to offer my life in the joy of being a living sacrifice for the glory of God for the rest of my life that is freedom you will never be more free than that ever so in view of the mercies of God make it a point every day to offer all that you are Because he gave himself for you that you might be free to live for him for the rest of your life. When you see the mercies of God, nothing else makes sense.